how do I sell people? I'm like, you find the people who have the money and you do something valuable for them and then they will give you that money. I think what's even more powerful is that you say, you can be a millionaire in 10 years. And so pick some fucking idea. Most importantly, pick an idea that you'll work on for 10 years and just commit 10 years. And finding the thing to commit to is almost the more hard part about it, especially right now. I don't know how long, I think the one thing to think about in business is what are you certain of? Not what are you uncertain of? And make a list of all the certainties and then execute against that. We stand today. The Business Method the business with method. a shout The Business Method. The Business Method Podcast. The Business Method Podcast featuring Chris Reynolds. Entrepreneurs, systems, methods, tools, and tactics for location independence. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I'm your host, Chris Reynolds, and welcome to the Business Method Podcast, a podcast featuring successful entrepreneurs and high-profile people dissecting their business models. We dissect the different methods, tools, and tactics of high-performance online entrepreneurs and high-caliber people in a series format. On our first series, we interviewed 100 entrepreneurs in 100 days that have built businesses creating $100,000 or more annually. On our second series, we interviewed 100 entrepreneurs that have built location-independent businesses that produce over a million dollars and annual revenue and now we're interviewing 100 major influencers to get behind the minds and the science of using influence to grow business and influence income results economies and cultures there's a growing number of people building these caliber of businesses like this and we're going to figure out what it takes to make this happen now let's jump in today's show the business method hey guys we get the uh, fortunate opportunity to hop on the mic and do a Q&A session with Noah Kagan. Noah is the founder of AppSumo, a $30 million a year business. Also the founder and host of Noah Kagan Presents, a very popular podcast on entrepreneurship, as well as the founder of OK Dork, King Sumo, and Sin Fox. Noah was the 30th employee at Facebook and number four at Mint.com. He has quite an amazing resume and just a genius when it comes to spouting out business ideas. You guys will notice this on the podcast. Noah is very creative, but he's also very thoughtful on not only how he can be a better entrepreneur, but how he can engage with other people and be a better person himself. So what we do on this show, you guys, we have two other friends, Freddie Lansky, who organized this podcast, and then Itamar Marani, my partner and friend as well. And we go through some chat back and forth about asking Noah different types of questions around entrepreneurship, what's going on in the world today with the crisis that we're going through. And then we bring in one guest entrepreneur to ask some questions to Noah, and then we have a Q&A going. And so Noah will answer some Q&A from the Facebook Live that we did with this podcast as well. So it's a fun session more informal, a lot of back and forth banter, a lot of rabbit holes and tangents we go off of, but uh, really enjoyable. And I think it's an episode you guys will will get a lot out of. First, before we hop into the episode, we want to tell you about our sponsors, Nomadex. Nomadex.com is shaping the way remote workers live, work, and learn online at Nomadex.com. Remote workers can find apartments, bedrooms, or co-living spaces to rent on a monthly basis, 50% more affordable than Airbnb. True story, you guys. 
Plus, that's not all. NomadX is a comprehensive educational platform providing easy-to-learn courses to start or to scale your successful location-independent online business. They have built an incredible community with more than 7,000 remote workers and online entrepreneurs, and they have over 21,000 followers on Instagram to show you how to position yourself as an authority and how to combine different social media channels to gain maximum visibility. During these remote working times, NomadX.com is the trusted community for location-independent entrepreneurs to live, work, and learn online. Check them out at NomadX.com. That's NomadX.com. And now, let's hop in to today's podcast. Entrepreneurs, systems, methods, tools, and tactics. Going live. Give them what they want, Chris. Give them what they want. <laughs> Is this thing on? Yeah. Loud and clear, man. What kind of mic you got? It sounds pretty good. Uh, this is an ATR 49,000. 49,000? Damn, like you shit, upgraded. Though. I look like a Oompa Loompa. Why do I look like, I look like, I look like an emo? But you look like a sci-fi Oompa Loompa because of the blue light coming out. So that's like cool. It's like this. Oh, that's better. Hi. Okay. Why do I look you... so like shiny? Don't I look like, look like I'm wearing a lot of makeup. Did you put some on for us? <laughs> Oh, oh, that's... I love hey, like, uh, the, the people who are super flam. Yeah, I really look like I'm wearing a lot of makeup. You kinda, yeah, you. yeah, yeah. You kind of look a little goth. Yeah, for sure. Or are, emo. Are, are you sure the video's on the on the Facebook page? Uh, yes, because we just got a like. Greg Matthews says likes your live video in Facebook Live with podcast. Oh, there it is. Yeah. Itamar just liked it. <laughs> now you're really dark, Noah. What's up, man? I. Dude, I give up on life. All right. <laughs> Don't say that, dude. There's there's yeah, worse things. I'm, I'm pumped. Life is fucking dope. I'm I'm honestly I love life more now than I've ever loved life. Good. All right, we're just gonna do regular cam. You're just gonna have to look at my normal face. Normal face is good. Do you want to put like a, a, a green screen behind you? Then people I don't will have be a green screen. Oh, like oh, one of those things. Yeah, here, let me do a, a virtual background. So you don't <laughs> see. Look, should I be at the office? You just want to be at the office? Mm, that's the pretty office. cool. Oh. I don't know. You're breaking some COVID rules there. <laughs> is everybody six feet away, Noah? Greg Matthews yeah. says Noah's audio sucks. No, I'm not <laughs> close to the mic. <laughs> Dan Schwartz says, what's up, fellas? Ah, oh, Dan Schwartz. What's up, man? I love that guy. Yeah, me too, dude. He's what's the good... link to the page that everyone's talking shit on? Yeah, I'll drop it right here. Ronnie Teja. Ronnie Teja says, hey, ooh. Oh, there it is. All right, we're about to get it on. Yeah, man, I'm stoked. All right, I'm grabbing my brisket. Once I get my brisket, it's game on. Yeah. All right, Chris, you wanna you wanna do an intro? I think we're. Uh... <laughs> Are you eating pork again, Noah? Shame on you. No. I, well, there's two things I was just gonna say. One, you gotta eat, otherwise you're gonna be hungry. But two, uh, we don't in our lives include enough recharge time. Yeah. And so I've been really working on not this moment, but I was gonna have more things after this, and I'm like, fuck that. Yeah. I think we're, we're, we don't we we think our phones need a recharge, but we don't need a recharge. I hear you, man. I always like make it equivalent to a bow and an arrow, you know, like you've got to have that recharge, that pullback time in order to shoot the arrow so it can go fast. And we don't do that. We don't pull our bows back enough. Dude, I've literally one thing that happened to me recently with this whole coronavirus thing, which I love. It's my favorite holiday. I want this to last <laughs> forever. <laughs> I really do. Is, uh, yeah, well, was regarding the recharge thing, I fucking forgot where the fuck I was going with it, but it was a, it was a really good point and it'll come back to me. 
uh, about this reach. Oh, I, I, the number one thing I've noticed. This is one thing. The number one thing I've noticed about everyone who fucking hates Corona. Well, there's two things. Number one, though, they're not getting enough sleep. Seriously, every day that I wake up and yeah. I'm like, fuck today. Like that happened to me on Friday and Saturday. And I was just just lonely and angry. And then I was like, did you sleep a lot? I was like, no. Okay, that's probably why. Do you have a Do you have an aura ring or like a sleep okay. tracker? No, but the other thing I was thinking about. Uh, so there's two other things I was gonna say though. Number one is it's interesting to think about our morning routines, mm-hmm. and I think everyone's got weird ass shit. But I was just I'm really zoning in and like honing in on a fucking badass morning where like today I did it perfectly, and I was like, okay, when I do it this way, my days start great, and when I do it other ways, my days are a little more fucked. Yeah. Um, and then last thing that is interesting is that when you're rich, it's really hard to know what it's like to be poor. And I know that that's a fucking, that's a dick thing to say, but I was really, I had a, this, you want to hear some rich bullshit? <laughs> I, I hired a guy to come over and massage me last night. And so he came over to my house and it was really sad. Okay. It was just sad. Cause he was like, yeah, I've lost my job and no one wants to have me come over to the house. And it, you know, it was, it was good to understand and try to see where I can help that kind of person. Right. Like, and so I talked to him and I was like, well, you're a masseuse. Have you thought about teaching people how to give themselves massages or couples massages and maybe putting that online or helping people locally? And, you know, it's just interesting to kind of learn from that versus just, I think as you get, as you rise levels, you just, you forget. So I think it's yeah. always good to go back to the, the front line. Do you ever do anything to like keep you, quote unquote, keep you humble? You know, they talk about, like, I like to do things that make me survive on very little. Like this past weekend, we just went out in the woods and uh, we took a knife, we took a, a pot to boil and a fishing hook. And then you really kind of get in touch to, you know, you don't need a lot. Like, it doesn't matter how much money you have, you know, you can understand like humility or, or living on bare means or interacting with people that are, that don't have a lot on a regular basis. Yeah. Like yesterday I had, a, I called my assistant to go do something and that was, that was pretty low for me. <laughs> I was like, you know, I was like, how do I use this thing to call her? (laughs) No, I I, I like that. I like that approach. I I think where I've done that is I like doing that in the the small things. Like the dishes is the stupidest one, right? Or what is is something small that, you know, doing the bitch work. And I (laughs) think if there's something great. Oh, excuse me. No, no, sorry. Sorry. I was just going to say like Mike Tyson used to go beg on streets for their for money. Even after he was rich and famous and he would go and he put a hoodie on and he would go out just just to kind of I mean, it may not be the best example because Mike, you know, had his own challenge. You got to work for Noah. (laughs) (laughs) You should try it, Noah, right? Well, I think what I've what I've been doing recently, especially with the YouTube channel and some of these other things is starting businesses again from scratch. Yeah. And really doing it live like we did with Freddie a few days ago. And I did it myself the past. I've done like I started a gym business two weeks ago. I started selling Oculuses a few weeks ago. And so really experimenting with like, all right, can I actually do this stuff? And I don't know, I guess that, that does keep me humble. It also reminds me of sometimes how hard or, and also how easy some of this stuff is. That's a good point. <laughs> man, you, you need to try jujitsu, man. There's no jiu-jitsu. better equalizer in the world. Nobody cares how much money you have, what's your background on the mats. Oh yeah. It's a fun time. Yeah. 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 I love watching two dudes grow, like grope each other on the ground. That's like, I'm really into that. <laughs> this weekend? I did watch it this weekend. Yeah. I'm more into boxing. I think one thing I've been thinking about in life is like ratios. And so I do boxing and I found that like the calorie to time ratio for me was more effective. And I, and also enjoyment plus skill, but I felt that I got more out of that uh, with boxing than I did with uh, jujitsu when I've done it. That's just me. 
Well, yeah, it's interesting to be stay humble, man. I like that. I think, you know, a lot of it too, Chris, is checking your ego. Yeah. Uh, no matter what size you get. And, you know, it happened to me two weeks ago. Like I put out this YouTube video, youtube.com slash okdork, by the way. But uh, I put out this video and I didn't get a lot of views. And then I was like, am I not worthy? Mm -hmm. I was like, am I not smart? Am I, are my ideas sucky? And it was interesting. I was like, well, what am I doing this for? And what, what's, what's the treadmill that I'm on? Right. And is there ever enough? So we, we were talking even up and we can, in, in that moment, I, I, I talked to a friend. He's like, well, why did you do it? And I was like, I really have so much confidence in the world and people these days that I want to go help. I want to help these underdogs. I want to help the people willing to work. And he's like, well, did you do it? And I was like, yeah. And I was like, all right, well, then don't fucking care if you get one person's help or a thousand. And it's kind of shifted how I'm even goal setting lately because it's like people have these goals. And once you get to a million dollars, everyone should just get a million bucks and then set whatever fucking cool goal you want. Uh, and so, <laughs> and then, you know, you can mm -hmm. do, but I think frankly, you'll get a million dollars if you do the thing that you're not trying to make the million dollars on. Yeah. You know, and that's bullshit advice if you're not rich. Cause you're like, well, I'm not rich yet. So that advice doesn't work for me, but I've generally made the most money, uh, not trying to make the money, just doing the thing that I'm most interested in. Uh, yeah. But with the, the goal thing, I, I, we were talking about our YouTube goal and it, we're looking actually the goal that, that's interested for the dork brand, my stuff that I share, basically the voice of our company uh, for AppSumo and Sumo Group. We said we want to get our active audience number up. And I don't think this is a metric that anyone talks about if you're in content. So your active audience is not just your email list, but it's the active audience on your email list, the active audience on your YouTube, the active audience on the platforms that matter to you. And what is that actual reach? And so my reach, this is like penis size. Uh, micro, okay, but it was like 173,000. And then we're like, all right, this month in May, we're gonna get to 200,000. And I was like, I don't give a fuck if I get to 200,000 people. I really don't. I like really care more that like I get to hang out with you guys and do a talk like this to 10, 15, 500, I don't care. And so I'm more interested in, in sharing the things I'm learning and, and, and also getting learned and meeting people that I'm learning a lot from. And so it's, maybe setting my goals a little bit more differently that are aligned to things that really fulfill me. I love that, man. I love that. Okay. So let's do a quick introduction. I think most people know who Noah's, Noah Kagan is, but I'm going to introduce him anyway. Noah Kagan was number 30 on Facebook. Number four at Mint is the founder of AppSumo. Okay. Dort King Sumo and Sinfox and probably a bunch of others. AppSumo is an eight figure business and the, uh, the number one site online for software deals. Noah is the founder and a host of one of the top podcasts on entrepreneurship. Noah Kagan presents. Dude, that guy sounds awesome. He sounds that, pretty cool. Yeah. I was like, is that me? I think sometimes I'm just surprised. <laughs> I'm like, wow. But I, I, you know, I think some of it is, I was talking with my therapist. He calls himself a coach, but I say you're, he's a therapist. I guess it just depends how much they charge. And uh, Who's cheaper? Well, tell us first. Who's I know. I, well, I think a coach can charge more. A therapist charges 120. A coach can have a program. Ooh. That's what he wants to talk to me about next week, which I'm interested in. But I think what's really interesting about success is how we label it to each other, but not ourselves. Because mm. I never think of the word success. I don't, it's not that I don't believe in it. I guess I don't believe in it. I just don't give a fuck about success. I, I've really explored. And I think where I've explored my interests and explored things I, I really want, I, I thrive. And when I explore money-making opportunities, I fucking flame out. And that, that's been interesting in my own journey. And I hope for everyone's journey is just really, you know, Facebook, I didn't know anyone there. I didn't have any advantages. I just, I built a, I looked it up recently. I was, I built probably like four to five different online college businesses. So when I applied, I said, hey, I've just been doing this stuff because it sucked for me and I wanted to build it. And then I got the job there. And, and I think a lot of the, most of the 
stuff I've started or worked at, uh, I was just really like, I was excited to work at Mint. So I did whatever it took to work there. And AppSumo, I was like, I, I want deals on these products. These products are fucking dope. And there's this whole group on Mac Heist thing. That's a cool way to do it. And let me just go get deals on the software. I don't want to pay full price for. And I'm like, yeah. now I get fucking paid for that. Like, how cool is that? Like everyone should do that. You're right. You're right. What do you think gets in the way of people from doing that? Well, I'll tell you, there's two separate things that I've observed for myself. So I think there's, there's two separate places. There's the starting place and then there's the success place. People are afraid of, of getting success as much as they're afraid of starting. Yeah. That's been really fascinating for me. And so on the both sides of that, I would say for myself, what I, I can only speak for myself uh, in my recipes. So in myself, I noticed that my superpower is starting and experimenting and I'm not as strong at consistency. Just not. I'm, I get real bored. I'm like, all right, next, next. I was telling the, the coach this morning, I said, my motto is kill, comma, next. <laughs> kill, next. What's next? Kill it, next thing. And so I'm actually thinking my, and, and I've been learning this. One of my books that I've really enjoyed is Powerful Engagement by Tony Schwartz. And I got to chat with him recently. And he said that life doesn't have to be so zero and one. There, there's, a, there's a spectrum and you go back and forth on it. And so I think the spectrum I'm working on is how do I slow down a bit more and, and enjoy the kill uh, and slow down more and, and recharge more. And so in terms of the, the, the thing that holds people back in success, for me, what I've observed is embracing your strength. So I'm a starter, so I should be fucking starting. And Eamon's a, a closer, so he's running AppSumo. And the other side of that, that I'm, other part of that that I'm really working through right now is of what's working for you or what's fulfilling you, really fulfilling, like fucking calling, like, hello, it's Jesus, it's your, it's your turn. Uh, how do you remove the distractions from that? So I'll give you an example of what that means. I love this. This with you, not just hearing my fucking voice. Like I can listen to you guys talk if I have questions for you. I do this all fucking day. But when I'm spending the day doing meetings, if I'm spending the day, like I spent like two hours trying to figure out some tech shit earlier. If I'm spending my day like planning, doing other stuff, it honestly discourages me from it. Yeah. And so it's like, all right, well, how do I hire the people or figure out you know, how to reduce it so I'm not spending my day in that. And, and I, I color code my calendar and I call it my purple productivity priority. And my purple productivity priority is that how much fucking purple is on my calendar? And you can color code your calendar, it's really cool. And so I'm like, well, if my calendar isn't fucking purple, something's wrong. And so I've just noticed for myself in terms of once you've gotten some level of your own measurement of success, how do you remove the things that are hindering you from sustaining it? So that, that's on the once you've gotten it side. And honestly, the purple productivity priority, I'm still working on the branding. Uh, is what's working for me. Because then I look at my calendar right now and I can say, like, do I have something every day that fulfills me? Do I have something that's towards my main priority every day? On the starter side, for the beginners out there, the number one thing for starters is fear. They are all fucking afraid. Mm -hmm. They are so fucking afraid. And I'm afraid of relationships and I'm afraid of sustaining. But I am not afraid of fucking starting. And so that's why I've done so well business-wise around the start. Uh, these people, it's been amazing. We had that monthly 1K.com. We reopened this course about 10,000 people have gone through it. Maybe a thousand have gotten businesses like really good businesses and maybe like a hundred have made like six figure businesses. And that's probably true for how like the statistics work publicly, but it's been amazing to observe how they avoid. That part's been so fucking wild. Like the psychology of why people are puss out mm -hmm. and they're afraid of it. So I do a lot of things to get them out of their fucking fear. Like we, you know, we do a push up challenge, try to do a hundred pushups. That's it. You can do it at home. You don't need anyone. Okay, you fucking failed. All right, good. You're alive. Next. Coffee challenge, which you guys probably have heard of, or maybe if not. Coffee challenges, go ask for 10% off your next purchase, any purchase. 
preferably in person, uh, and get rejected. And then you're like, well, that's fucking fine. Uh, and then the last one I like is like the stranger challenge. Now it's even scarier because no one wants to talk to fucking anyone. Mm -hmm. But next time you go out, talk to a stranger. It's fucking scary. I'm scared of that. That shit's a little scary. But I push myself. I still do that to this day. One, because I love deals. So I like the 10% coffee challenge. But I like the idea of practicing and, and making a strength in my fear muscle. I think the fear muscle is something that you can actually work on. And with starting a business, ideas are fucking a joke. I talked to this masseuse last night. He's like, man, I'm struggling. I got no money. I was like, well, I didn't want to be his business coach. But I said, I was like, did you try to teach people how to do couples massage? Have you posted anywhere? Have you applied for an Amazon delivery job? Like I applied for an Amazon delivery job. It took me like five fucking minutes. It's actually shockingly easy. Mm -hmm. uh, and not everyone should be an employee. But I, I think in terms of starting a side hustle, number one, if you have no fucking money, go get a day job and get just get your foundation set up. But in terms of the fear, it's just practicing the fear, noticing the the traps. Like there's traps. So I, I actually made a list of the traps yesterday. Things that uh, entrepreneurs say, 10 ways to know you're a entrepreneur are 10 things that they say. They say, oh, it's the economy. The economy's bad. <laughs> I'm like, the economy's always going to be fucking weird. So it's just that you're not valuable and you're doing things that are not valuable. That's a good point. Um, they spent over $1,000, but they haven't actually made any revenue, Freddie. Um, they sell to every, these are other, these are other traps that people do that I love. They sell to everyone. Someone did this today. So one of the things we do in the monthly one K.com course, the first thing you have to do is get a dollar from a friend. That's it. That's it. One, one shekel, four shekels each more or one dollar, one pound. That's it. These people. So there's, it's really interesting. These people will ask everyone, but their friends and family or husbands or wives. They'll try to be like, well, I wanted to give them value and they'll write the stories about why they don't do it. And I'm like, it's because you're afraid. Of course you are. I, I would be afraid if I were you too. That's probably why you haven't started the business because you are afraid of the rejection. And if you can work on the rejection is not about you, it really is not. It might be unless you're a piece of shit. Maybe it is about you. Uh, but if it's not about you and you can get overcome that, then when you start in business at the end of the day, all you're doing is asking. You're saying, hey, I want to ask for your money in exchange for this software or for this product or for this consulting, or for this digital course, whatever it is. And so it's getting comfortable with that. And for me, at, at some point, eventually, you get excited because you've created something, or you believe you're truly helping them, and so paying them is, is a great exchange. And so just practicing the ask muscle and overcoming fear. So I'd say on the beginner side, it's you know getting $1 from a friend. And once you realize it, I, I call it velocity to $1. I remember my first sales. Those are the sweetest. Yeah. <laughs> right? it's, like, it's like dating. It's always fun to get them, and then once you get them, you're like, Mm. <laughs> right but once you like that hunt is fun and once you get it it's pretty pretty sweet but then afterwards you're like yeah so i think what i'm trying to encourage people is that in the business world specifically get that one dollar so you can get that momentum so you can feel that success so you can feel that belief and confidence in yourself especially right now when people don't have it people right now are fucking like i'm not worthy this this masseuse guy was like man i don't got shit i just got fired this lady said i touched her i didn't touch her uh and i was like all right well we gotta get your confidence up and so Helping out people for free, that's always a great way to put confidence up. Practicing some of these things where you can get rejected, feel alive. Also teaching people, one person, putting out a video and getting one view. Going to someone like you, Chris, that has money. And I was telling my buddy today, he's like, how do I sell people? I'm like, you find the people who have the money and you do something valuable for them and then they will give you that money. And it's so fucking simple. And they're like, so no, simple. No, no, it's more complicated than that. I'm like, they have the money, you want the money, they will spend that money if you do something worthy. And it was interesting because th then the next entrepreneur line, especially these days, which I love is, oh yeah, man, Corona spending's down. 
spending's down. I'm like, and so here's the easiest way to, I fucking counter that shit. Every one of you listening, every one of you watching has spent money in the past week. Spending 100%. is just different. Yeah. It, it's reduced, but it's just different. It's that people aren't important enough. They're not valuable enough. And this, the friend I was talking to this morning runs a co-working space. And he's like, yeah, man, no one wants to pay for the co-working space. I was like, of course they fucking don't. They're not using it. Like I have, I have an office. I, I own a little condo that I rent out for an office. And I told him not to pay me. I was like, don't pay. You're not using it. Just don't pay. Pay when you're coming back. And I said, well, you know, the people are all, those companies are all still spending money. How can you become valuable to them now? Because you have access to a customer base. You have people that have spent money. So that is a very awesome prospect list. What can you do for them that would be valuable? And he's like, oh, we put on four Zoom webinars a week. And so the epiphany I had to, for myself today was that there's a very big difference between effort and value. And effort is work. Value is getting paid. And so I told yep. him, I was like, well, if you went to those companies and called them, don't send a fucking bullshit email or a Google form, call them and find out two questions. These are the two questions that, that how you can start any business. One, what did you work on today? And what they worked on today is their priority. Hopefully if they're not totally stupid. And secondly, what are you spending money on this week? Like in your business, what are you spending money on? And either focus on one of those two things and you have a business. I love it, man. Freddie, did he hit your question? I know you had a question no, in regards it's, to that. It's funny. It's so funny that Greg Barry, uh, I don't know why he goes by Greg Matthew on, on Facebook. I, I guess he's-, he's Don't say his real name, dude. States. Uh, too late. I, I just, uh, what is it called? Doxing? I just doxed you, Greg. Didn't you, didn't you put out a video today talking about life coaches? Oh well, yeah, I'm, man. I'm life, I'm life coaching life coaches. <laughs> Dude, these life right? coaches life suck, but then it's like those barbers <laughs> that are bald that are supposed to be good barbers. So it's hard to say it, but I, 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 yeah. So I put out a video basically. I think what's interesting is that, and I was talking about it with my partners at the company, Eamon and Chad today. I, I think. I feel so fucking called to help people these days. And I don't think of myself as a nice guy, but I don't think I'm a bad guy. I'm just like, I'm fucking called. And so, you know, I was called to, to, uh, a week ago. We we're playing poker. We do Wednesday night pokers at the company. And I'm, I'm on YouTube Googling some shit. And this person's like, how I made $10,000. Here's how I have a Ferrari. Here's how, and I'm like, and so I started going in this rant about why they're so fucking poor. I'm like, these people are poor. Their videos are fucking really well done. Their montages really well done, but they're poor and they're teaching all these fucking people how to be poor. And the, the reason worst, that the worst is the click funnels thread, man. Every every week that pops up on my feed, it's like I just made like ten million dollars. I'm like, you know what is it it's interesting that I'm really <laughs> thinking about? It's interesting to notice the patterns in our mind or the the themes in our mind that keep coming out. And so one of the themes that I am admiring about other people is success that comes over a long period of time. Mm -hmm. That is so fascinating to me lately in that I love companies and I love meeting people where like, it took me 10 years to get rich. So it took me 10 years to become a millionaire. And it's like, damn, I have to remind myself and I have to observe that, that we still expect it quickly. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, the, I think with the YouTubers and stuff like that, I think I was frustrated and I felt responsible to share a message that the ones you actually want to learn from aren't on YouTube. The fucking billionaires and the badasses, they're not making a fucking video. Do you know why? Because they're busy making money. They're not, you know, I was, someone put out today, they were like, who are great marketers? And I was like, the ones that are not tweeting about their fucking marketing. <laughs> I'm the only dumbass that's making a lot of money and still wanting to tweet about it because I love sharing the things that we're learning so others can copy it.
It's funny you bring that up one time. One time a podcast I did for leadpages.net about our funnel for the last business, it went viral and then our competitors like completely stole every single bit of it. I think that's great. I want our competitors to copy. Because by the time the competitors copy it, I've already moved on to the next thing. Like copy my shit in the rear view. That's what they do. And I think that helps us evolve to better positions. I want competitors to fucking die. But if they don't die, copy my old shit while I'm on my new shit. (laughs) <laughs> I, there's all these people oh i love my competitor i'm like fuck them betters after you got a business we can be friends which is what i try to do with them or have them sell your shit <laughs> i don't think my stuff is shit but or sell, sell your your premium your products your premium yeah. you know i will say one turds. thing one thing is interesting about the internet is that it is a small fucking place and i, I will be around here for another 20 30 years and all of you guys, I hope will, and all the listeners. And so it is interesting about people in terms of relationships and um, on both sides of that. So on one side, if you try to be a dick and you fuck someone over and you screw someone over, internet's a small place. On the other side of that, what's actually really fascinating, and I just was reflecting on this recently, is how many people I've interacted with from like this kind of conversation or seeing you know, Greg or Ronnie or Ari in the chat. How many of them I've worked with in the future? And so it's been interesting to kind of like keep planting seeds and keep connecting because the internet has been such an amazing thing to like connect with like the most amazing minds across the world. Like how, like think about this 200 years ago, it'd be like, oh, I saw in stone that there was a uh, piece of information, right? And (laughs) then they got a book press. And then now it's like, literally you can learn and connect with anyone and learn from anyone instantly, unlimitedly. Yeah. It blows my fucking mind. I love it. Freddie, you got a question? life coaches freddie you need a life coach i i would say that he's on, got on, a good on, one <laughs> uh, no and which is and it's chris i don't know your style so i can't i can't vouch for you necessarily but one thing uh, i would say that i've really gotten big on probably in the past five years is coaches in general just to kind of highlight if, if chris is coaching for for freddie and i don't know if others not yet, coaches yeah. are honestly one of the most game-changing shortcutters and i don't believe in shortcuts i think that's it's i want shortcuts all the time I called it. I called it today. I want a microwave business. <laughs> I want microwave you know business where like you just fucking put it in the microwave, beep 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 beep, hit it, and there's beauty in the cooking. There's yeah. understanding in the cooking. There's a craft of the cooking that I'm getting more into, and we want all these fucking shortcuts in this stuff. What and about so what cooking, I would say coaches, though, cooking for but, life coaches? Cooking for life, but I, well, I love <laughs> niches. Niches, niches bring riches, by the way. And bitches. But uh, the other thing with the coaches is that I've gotten coaches in all these different aspects of my life. So I have kind of a business coach. I'm going to probably get a book coach. I have a chess coach. I have a Hebrew coach. I have a boxing coach, even though we're not really meeting right now because of the coronavirus. But it's interesting to really be a parent. Like you can go watch YouTube and you can read books, which you should. And sometimes I I think I, I try to do that before I go get the coach. But it really elevates the game. Like my chess coach on Friday, Andrew, I blame him when I lose. And I, and I give him a little credit when I win. But it's definitely like he notices things I'm doing. And not every coach is great for every person, but uh, it definitely is, an, is a shortcut to success. I think it's exactly what you said, that it's noticing things that you're doing. It's an interesting thing. We, don't, we can't see ourselves. And even if you just have someone external who's not even that much better than you, but can just see you, it makes such a difference. It's interesting, I, and I don't understand this, but not, not all coaches are great players. Right. We want him to be the, like when I go to the gym and I've had a trainer before, I want the fucking most Jack looking person there. I want, and I want the most mean looking, but like my boxing coach is mean looking. I mean, like I would not want to see him on the street, but 
I think what's, what's interesting for all of us to take away what, at least what I've experienced is that I try to read a lot of coaching books. So read about Saban. There's a bunch of documentaries on Belichick. Um, I think Belichick's book is called Belichick. Uh, there's Gridiron by Michael Lombardi. That's a fucking dope ass book. And so I think just like the more you like John Wooden, cause like mm -hmm. if you're running a business at the end of the day, you're coaching to be really successful. Okay, so I think, Noah, we want to get some people in and do some Q&A with you. Yeah, So our, our theme for today is going to be pivot, shut it down, or double down. Oh, is this like Shark Tank? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> I was going to call it, someone told me you should call it Jew Tank, where we just ask for discounts and everything. <laughs> and give we'll good business advice, too. Yes. Uh, <laughs> it's Marty, yeah, do you have any questions you let, want to start let, off with? Hold on, let me ask you guys something yeah. first. Do you think that most people know the answers and they're afraid of the reality or that they don't know the right strategy? They need validation a lot of times. And it's like that external thing. It's like, it's so challenging to think what you're saying about coaching. I think it's so challenging to say, this is my idea. I'm going to go forward with it because we have all our internal biases, all these emotions, these fears, whatever it may be. So when they hear somebody with authority like you, who's been there, done that, say, you know, that's a good idea. They're like, Fuck yeah, I can do that. I know. It's so wild. And like someone emailed me. This guy sent me a $50 Taco Deli gift card, which is how you can pay me to talk to you. Like I don't do consulting, but if you send me a $50 gift card, I'll pretty much do anything. And I literally have thousands of dollars of shit. I love it. <laughs> it it's, it's honestly, I love it. I'd, I'd rather get paid that way or in other ways than, than the cash because I don't need that. But he sent me a question. He's like, hey, I got a SaaS company. We make 5000 a month. How would you get to 50000 a month? And I was like, huh, watch what I'll do here. I was like, all right. Yeah, I'm happy to talk about that. You sent me a $50 gift card. Why don't you send me your plan for it first? And then I'll review your plan. Sends me his plan. I didn't really review much of it. I skimmed it, but it looked fine. And I said, that's fucking great. Because it was. I mean, I, skipped, I didn't ignore it. I looked through the fucking numbers and I was like, looks fucking great. Go for it. He's like, awesome. He's like, I, he, and he's like, I saw what you did there. So it's, it's interesting. I, I th I'm trying to live. I don't like the word trying. I'm doing my best to live without permission and without apologizing. And I'm working on it. And I call it big dicking. That's my motto. That's my fucking like what I'm living these days. And it's not easy because we're conditioned to get approval. We're conditioned to have permission and raise our hands and fall in line. And it's kind of living a life without apologies. It's really, it's really fucking hard. Like uh, I'm newly single and it's really interesting to not compromise yeah. now with dating. I'm like, I don't want to. Mm -mm. And to live that way in all aspects is where I'm exploring from the business aspect to like the personal aspect to my life aspect. And, uh, I'm loving it. So I, I wish I, w I want everyone to live without permission and without apologies. So I'm, I'm, I'm always curious about that because I understand that concept, but there's always got to be a line where you draw because sometimes you do need apologies, right? It's kind of like putting the ego in check and keeping yourself humble. So, so where is that line? Like, how do you, how do you define that exactly? What, what is, yeah. well, two weeks ago I was in a text group with a bunch of people in Austin where I live. And there was this guy who was a commercial broker. And I basically called him a bum to, in front of everyone. And I said that, you know, he sucks in front of everyone. And I called him, basically I called him a liar too. I, threw, threw, I was just throwing it all in. <laughs> I go all in sometimes, man. I'm not a great poker player. I'll tell you that. I like knowing where my money is. And uh, I had a lot of respect for him because uh, like a, two days later, he's like, hey, let's get on the phone. And I was like, well, I'm not going to be a coward. I'm going to face it. And that's responsible. And I should. And I apologize. And I think, you know, when you should apologize. 
I think if you're thinking if you're thinking about it, you yeah. should apologize. And it was interesting, uh, especially during these times. It was a good lesson for me. You don't know what anyone else is going through. Mm-hmm. He has he's going through. He had to fire people, and he's had his own personal stuff. And you know, he he put out something in, in confidence, and it just more as a support thing. And I'm I'm looking at through my I already don't like you lens. So whatever you fucking put out, I'm going to talk shit on. And it just was a, it was a good it was a good ego check, a good life check. Yeah, I think that happens a lot in life when, you know, we're going through our own shit. We're like, well, we're just having a bad day or bad week. But when it's when it's somebody else, it's just like, ah, fuck that guy. You know, just immediately just 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 jump to it. But yeah, I think it's a great point you bring up about, uh, you know, apologies and, and knowing when to when to fold them. And, I, you know, <laughs> it maybe this is something about me because like I feel like just people just kind of mess with me. And, and just like kind of like pick on me so much throughout like life that now I'm just kind of an open book and I don't I don't have like problems having hard conversations where I've, I've noticed I mean I have I have plenty of flaws these not what a lot of people are just they can be uh, just very hesitant to backtrack or to say the hard thing and I think that's one of the, the most important things uh, as well in success in life and in entrepreneurship is is you know knowing when to you know, when to, when to pivot, not just in business, but in, in life. Maybe, let me put it up for all you guys. Cause I think the listeners and myself are curious. Like if you guys could live without apologies, like what would you be doing differently? Like complete apologize. Like no fault. You big dick everybody. And big dicking is not a big dick. Cause I don't have a big dick. It just means like you're living. It's basically like the way the phrase that I, that I just wrote down that I thought about big dicking is like for those willing to risk it all. I can say this. I don't live without apology. I live without guilt. Which are similar words, but they're very different. So, what's an example of if, if if you lived without guilt completely, what would you be doing differently now? And Jewish people, it's think, impossible for you to live without guilt. That's literally impossible for you. I think it's actually different. Right now. <laughs> like, I was going to say that it was interesting that you brought up the Jewish point because of the financials. Like, we do not have anything about guilt in our religion. We are not like when you look at the Catholicism and Christianity. There's a lot of guilt there, and we don't have that. And that's why it's so liberating to be able to go after businesses. But the thing is that the guilt stuff, it's like, I don't feel bad about trying to do something. I don't feel bad about living in Vietnam and not being close to my parents right now. I don't feel well, guilty about it. You feel guilty? No. Okay, so let me give you another example, and then maybe you guys will share one. I'm living in a mansion right now, even though it's pretty lonely, which is, actually, I don't feel lonely at all. It's just too big, and it's like, I feel guilty saying that, right? I'm, but I got it on sale, so I feel a little bit better, by the way. <laughs> Normally, it's 1000 but it's only 400 a night because everything's empty. But I have a lot of, it's not shame, but I don't think I should tell people I have money. And I don't think it's, it, I should say that I have millions of dollars or that I'm spending $7,000 for two weeks because it, we're not supposed to. And I'm supposed to hide that. And that's the example of what I'm talking about living without apology. And so I'm exploring what that means in general. I don't know where it's going to end. Uh, I know it feels right to me now to say, I'm a multimillionaire. Why? Because who fucking cares? Right. I still live like I'm goddamn poor as shit. That's that's part of my own problem. I'm still I go to therapy to talk about how to spend money. I paid the therapist to tell me how to spend my own money more, which is kind of strange. But the point <laughs> being is that like we're we're trained to not even say this stuff because it's oh, this person's rude, this person's arrogant. I don't find myself feeling that way. But I find myself feeling guilty. Like same thing, Itamar, another example. I'm gonna take an R V this weekend because my dream I do bucket list for the year. I do yearly bucket list because life, I don't know how long I'm going to be around. So I, one year is enough for me. And on my bucket list is to have van life. I want to do this fucking thing in a van that everyone, you know, and I think about everyone that's doing it. It seems interesting. So I was like, I'm going to go live in a van for three weeks. I feel really guilty for the people I work with. 
I feel really fucking embarrassed and I don't want to post about it. And I don't want to talk about that. I have money because guess what? They're working and Noah's the big boss owner guy gets all the fucking money while I'm stuck at the office in the background. Hey, Colin. That's Colin right there. I love Colin. (laughs) I feel really bad. And I'm, and I, I'm like, well, are they mad at me? Are they disappointed? Are they like, well, I'm stuck in the office while this fucks out. And I struggle with that. And at the end of the day, I'm doing my best to live my best life. I'm doing my best for everyone that works at my company. Not mine. I guess I would say, I would say literally our company to have their best life. And I can't control how they feel about that. And I'll do whatever. They don't have to stay there. But I, and I, I think that's, that's got like, like the literal perfect example of that. Same with this van life. We're like, all right, I'm in a van for three weeks. Maybe I'm working, maybe I'm not. And I've, I've worked to be able to have that freedom and that, that luxury, that luxury. And it was interesting to not apologize for it and explore that. Because it is, it's so easy to feel like, oh, I shouldn't talk about it. I don't want to post about it. I don't want to tell people. What do you do with it then, Noah, after you don't apologize for it? You have that feeling like it comes up for you and you tell yourself, oh, I don't have to apologize for that. So then what do you do with it? You just let it go? Like what's what's the process there? Well, there's there's two things I'll, I'll share. This is not, you know, I think we, you know when you talk to people and they do their automatic fucking answers and you're like, shut up, bitch, I know the story. Tell the story you don't tell. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, of course. The first thing that comes to mind with that is I ask my partners how they feel. I said, you guys, I'm going to go work in the van. I just want to, I need to, I need to go explore life. I don't feel like I'm running from life. I feel like I'm running into life. And I was like, you got, how do you guys feel about it? And they're like, you want to go do that? I'm like, yeah. They're like, we're excited for you. I'm like, you are, you're not mad at me. They're like, they're like, no, we want to do what we're doing. I was like, you sure? They're like, we don't give a fuck about you, dude. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, you know, one, I am very fortunate to, to have, have these people in my life and, you know, I think if you're caring about the people around you and you're doing it with, uh, with the intention that, that is aligned with your own self, then I don't think it can go wrong. I, you know, I think there probably would be backlash from people angry about certain things, but that's their problem. And I, I'm honestly, I'm, st- I'm still working through this uh, and exploring, working, exploring, living. And so I'll see where, where it ends up. But I think it's really interesting when you just go all the way for yourself, when you have a business and you're like, well, I'm going to put myself, I'm just really going to go for it. And it is, it is, I fucking hate when people say you only live one life to live and you're one game because that's easy to say at night. It's hard to live in the day. Mm-hmm. And so in terms of exploring it, I'm trying it. I'm do, I don't like the word try. I'm doing it and I'm seeing. I'm seeing if it's like, yo, is this, am I really messing with everyone else? Am I fucking with everyone? I think they probably not. It's more of my own fear that I'm holding myself back. What do you say to the Canadians that apologize for everything? Fucking honestly, the Canadians are the best people in the world. They I are. love Canada. They're Dude, super nice. Yeah. I just call them North North America, though. I think they, <laughs> they need a better name, better branding. Oh, but it, I've only you know only once in my life have I met a mean Canadian, and I remember it because mm-hmm. I was like, "What are you doing? You're you're literally I'm batting a hundred. They're perfect people. Like they're always <laughs> fucking nice. Yeah. And you, we were at a an all inclusive in Mexico, and oh. we were at the Kabushi table there, this the one where they cook stuff and they flip it and shit. And these Canadians were being really like obnoxious and, you know, overly so. And I was just, uh, you know, it's like, when, you know, people haven't smoked. They're like, no, I, haven't, I don't smoke because I've never smoked. It's like, I've never met a mean Canadian. And I was like, fuck, they just ruined that. <laughs> that one guy. Exactly. Uh, Freddie, what kind of questions do we have in a chat? Yeah, that? dude. I love all these people. All right. So, oh, Thank real you. fast. I've never tried it. So this is even interesting. So one of the commenters was like, I'm showing off. Who said and, that? It doesn't even matter who says it. It's not, it's not the point. I think that's just like the interesting experience around saying things. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
It's interesting when like it's other people saying stuff. Like if I put out something, one thing I'm I'm really I'm I've I've appreciated is that I've really looked at every single person that responds to my material. Like if I'm sharing stuff on YouTube, okay.com slash okay to work or the podcast or through my blog or my newsletter. And I only want to help the winners now. If someone is a fucking loser and is a, doesn't, is a do nothing fucking nobody, I do not give a fuck about them. I don't want them to come find me and shoot me. That's what I'm avoiding. That's why I carry a gun. But two, fuck them. And I, I think what's fascinating, what I've always noticed in, is like, if you guys have computers, do you ever guys had a pixel out on your computer? Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. Or on your phone? Yeah. Or in the movie theaters, they have the pixel out maybe? It's unbelievable how that's the only thing we fucking see on the screen. <laughs> the whole screen is goddamn perfect, but the one pixel. And so I've embraced the winners. I'm like, look, not everyone's going to like Noah. Not everyone's going to like AppSumo. And the ones who are, though, I will do everything for. And, and it's really just putting, I've only started really appreciating them recently. Really, really appreciating them and, and respecting that they're putting in the work and admiring the ones who've put in the work that have spent 10 years working on it. Yeah. And, and, and that's what you can do. You can't, yeah. you know, I, you, you can take, you know, to, you like, rather, you look, jacked. look at all those memes and hustle porns rather than just hear the truth. Dude, it's easy to read. It's easy to watch. It's easy to consume. It is hard to create. King, that is, let me ask you this. What enabled you to get past that? Because we are so much wired to see anything that could possibly be a threat, you know, from our natural evolution. But hmm. Like a hater is a threat. So what really do you think was the tipping point where you're like, you know what? I don't need to pay attention to this. This is I, fine. Well, I'm still, I'm human. And I, I, you know, some things lately, I just call out my inefficiencies or my inadequacies. Like I have pointy ears. So like, you can kind of see them. Like I look like Spock. Right. And then it's kind of funny and then it diffuses it. And people are like, actually, I didn't even notice your ears. Uh, you know, with the haters. So I'll tell you one that happened today. There's, there's two of them actually. It's funny. I remember them. See, you remember the fucking, but I, I think what I, what, what you want to do is uh, more importantly, and I'll tell you what happened if you guys are interested, how am I allocating my energy and what things are giving me more energy and what things are giving me less energy? Like Instagram, great example. You know, not now, but maybe a year ago, I'd wake up and spend 15 minutes on Instagram or, you know, whatever, TikTok. And I'd ask myself, like, what energy level am I at from this? And it was always fun. And it's at Noah Kagan if you want to follow my stuff. I'm always following some of this stuff. And I was like, man, I am nothing different. I'm actually not negative, which to me is negative because I just spent 15 to 20 minutes on it. And it just is it's, it's like empty calories. And then the, the opposite is, well, where am I spending time that are with the winners that are bringing me energy? These conversations, people like there's this girl, Helena Liu. I'll talk about the winners. I don't fuck the losers. This girl, Helena Liu, she posted today. Hey, because of your course, the monthly 1K, which I shut it down because I hated all the losers hurt my feelings so much that I shut it down. And so I shut it down, but I reopened it recently. Why? Because a few people said, hey, that course for me, not for everyone, but for me changed my life. And I'm thriving during coronavirus because it gave me confidence. And. Helena posted today that like she's now making money from her own business, from her work that she's put in. And there's other people around the group, Kevin O'Rourke. Who else out there, man? There's a a good amount of them. And that's the part that I I really try to focus on and put my energy on. And some of these people, like there's this guy Jordan today and this guy JD. I blocked them and I kicked them out of the group. Fuck them. Get your money back. Get out of my fucking face. Go find someone else to help you because I'm not here for it. I know it's it's like wow he's he's really harsh. I don't think I'm a harsh person in person. I don't think I'm a harsh person online. But what I am thinking is like how much energy do I want to allocate to you know I, I it's like you ever see people argue about politics? Of course, yeah. And I'm all yeah everyone has. 
like, oh my god, I was arguing with my my stepdad about the wall like a year ago. <laughs> Which wall? Like, uh, who fucking wall cares? <laughs> Just like, anyways, and I, I, you know, and then at the end of the conversation, I was really angry. And what it was a really interesting conversation is like, I couldn't. There's no win. Mm-hmm. There's not even a productive. And I'm sure there's some book never never split a difference or never split a taco, whatever the you know book is. But there's some conversations. It's like, well, why don't you just go to the talk and focus on the things you can control and the people you can help? And so it's just trying to put more of my energy and, and time around these, you know, I call them the winners, call them the underdogs, the people willing to, to risk it all and, and the willing, ones who are willing to do the work, but maybe don't know what to do. Or I love being around the people who've done the work and inspire me to do more. Uh, no, I can't. Did that answer your question or is that bullshit? I thought it was fucking great. It does. I, I think it's, it's such an interesting point, though. It's also, it reverses that guilt. There's even a, there's even a, a necessary, there's a necessity to explain ourselves. And we don't want to hang out with people that suck. It, it's so interesting. I mean, it's like, why why is this even worthy of an explanation? But in our minds, we have to justify it somewhere because we feel bad. I, like, of course, I, you know, if somebody comes shits on your website, you'd be like, you're not supposed to be here if you shit on my website. But for some reason, there's something inside all of us that wants to justify it somehow. Be like, oh, it's because I'm focusing on winners. It's such an interesting thing. I think I felt, well, so we talked about sustaining success. So I did that monthly 1K and our goal, you know, the way that we've run a business is basically you have a goal and you have three things. You have a goal, you have a deadline, you have a reward. And so we wanted to, one of the goals was crazy. We got a private jet. That was a cool one. Um, and it's actually not as expensive as you think. And there was only four of us. But the goal for the course was 3,333 students because it was a $300 course. And now it's only $7. We don't have any upsells or bullshit sales or trickery. I just want to make it accessible and I want people to pay a little bit so they, they have to do a little bit of work. Otherwise, they're not going to value it. And then we actually refund the money once they make seven, which is that's pretty cool. And so we launched the course. We hit that number. I worked my ass off and, and the team did. We all did. Andrew, uh, Anton, Eric, and Chad. And all these fucking losers were just draining me. And what they wanted, what, Freddie, what you said is they wanted to fucking watch one video and be rich. Like I, I was telling this, I was doing a video earlier today, right before this call. We were, we were literally going behind the scenes of AppSumo's affiliate marketing program, which is a seven-figure program. And the video was 40 minutes. And me and Nick, Nick's the guy who runs it. I was like, man, that's a long video. He's like, and I was like, yeah. And then I was like, this is a, how to make seven million, or I don't know how much exactly make. I think it's more than that. But like millions and millions of dollars a year on how to run an affiliate program, you can fucking spend 40 minutes to watch it. And if you can't, then you shouldn't have it. And I, it was just interesting about that. And so I think that that was where now, in terms of sustaining for me, it's like, well, I'm not gonna, I can't. I literally can't sustain being bothered with that shit. And, but I can sustain with this, with seeing Helena, with seeing the winners, and with seeing people at least willing to try. As long as people are willing to try, I'm with them. It's the, you know, I, I saw on Reddit, I was searching our course on Reddit. These people, yeah, he just wants to get into their mindset. I, the only reason, I didn't want to teach mindset. I don't think, you know, I don't give a shit about mindset, but everyone was so afraid of starting a business. I was like, well, this is what's actually holding him back, not how to start it. So I started doing mindset stuff as the, the, as the beginning part of the uh, business stuff. I think a lot, a lot of it is also, you know, sticking to it for a, a longer amount of time uh, since we might have some aspiring entrepreneurs on this call as well like you know just <laughs> starting this business from scratch after going from a seven figure really reminded me how 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 hard and how much dedication you know it's it's gonna take to do it and you really gotta gotta stick it through I, I think people a lot of times just quit too early you know it's like dude okay you spent two months it's like going to the gym 
Like, yeah, after, after two months, you, you might see a totally. little bit of gains, teeny tiny bit, but you can't like that. That's what people expect in business. Like, okay, I, I work. It's more than a week. It's been two months. I've been doing this. Nothing's happening. Like, you know, yeah. you, you really got to. Can, I, can I share two things on that, Freddie? Do you mind if I add? <laughs> of course. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, like here's an example of apologizing. You know, when you cut someone off and then you're like, oh, sorry to cut you off. In my mind, I'm always, I say it out loud most of the time too. I'm like, I didn't mean, I meant to cut you off. You know, but they always still, oh, I'm sorry to cut you off. I'm like, no, you're not. You wanted to. You thought what you're saying is better, so prove it. Mm. Uh, and so two things that are interesting that I've observed this week. Number one, Neville and I, one of my best friends from copywritingcourse.com, 2Ks. We were talking about how musicians. I can hear you, Freddie. <laughs> Freddie's dicking around. Stop looking at fucking grinder, dude. Freddie, what's more important than what? What's more important than what Noah's saying right now? No, it's, I mean, probably looking at my profile on Grindr. So the two things that are interesting is if you look at musicians, and this, these two things have really been up in here a lot. I did the numbers on just the most popular musicians. I put on Twitter, at uh, Noah Kagan. And, and by the way, I say my stuff out loud because sometimes I don't people, think people are like, is he, why is he saying stuff so much? Because I fucking like it, and I think it's great. And if it sucked, I wouldn't talk about it. Because I haven't talked about my stuff in the past four years. That's why you don't see me on a lot of stuff. Because I didn't think it was great. Uh, just for the people wondering. And I think if you've made something great, like Itamar, if your course is great, or Chris, if your coaching is great, then yes, there's a difference between cockiness and confidence. Yeah. Cockiness is you're not willing to do the work and you don't fucking, you're just hoping for it. And confidence is like, I do it and I believe it. So anyways, with the musician's point, if you look at Drake, who's Jewish by the way, or if you look at Beyonce, she dated a Jew once. Or if you look at Red Hot, I'm joking about that part, but, uh, or Red Hot Chili Peppers, their most popular songs are only pop, only 25% of their songs are ever top hits, like top 10 hits. And that's out of hundreds of songs. And that's out of thousands of songs that they, they even considered. And for me, it was a really powerful realization, especially with YouTube. So I, I'm trying to grow my YouTube. Uh, I'm trying to just put more out on YouTube. I don't know how much I'm trying to grow it. I'm trying to figure out what that means exactly. But we put out like one video. Or we put out one blog post or one podcast and I'm like, oh, I'm not famous yet. What happened? And I just love more examples of what it actually takes. And so to that point, one thing I'll talk about for people starting businesses that want to get rich, that want to have a brand and want to get rich. I was talking with this guy, Ali Abdal, and it was so fascinating talking to him. He's a 26-year-old doctor and he's a YouTuber, 670,000 subscribers, makes 25,000 a month. And I was just so impressed with him. And he's like, Noah, Noah, he's British. So he said, no, it's, a very, it's quite simple. Uh, you, you put out the YouTube video and then you just keep, uh, you do two a week and you do that for two years and then you have a following. And I was like, no, what do you mean? He's like, I'm like, I'm like, dude, it's gotta be more complicated. Tell me like, how'd you hack the algorithm dog? He's like, well, I studied the top YouTubers. I saw how their videos looked and I, and I copied them and then I kept improving it. And I was like, no, but really like, what's the secret? He's like, um, you know, just two a week. For two years. And I, I think the thing, not I think, what, what was so powerful about that, Chris, is that it gave a blueprint of success. So, you know, Freddie, we talk about, like, you go to the gym and you accept results, you don't results. But I think what's even more powerful is that you say, you can be a millionaire in 10 years. That's it. And so pick some fucking idea. Most importantly, pick an idea that you'll work on for 10 years. And if you want a million dollars, it doesn't have to be that. It could be an art thing. It could be anything, music, whatever. And just commit 10 years. And finding the thing to commit to is almost the more hard part about it. And so I finally found that promoting and being an evangelist and a voice uh, is my thing. And so it's really finding out. Like this guy, 
he really enjoys sharing about productivity. Like we were talking about productivity stuff and it made me realize I was old and I was, a, you know, I'm not open to change as much as I thought I was, which is really interesting because every single person thinks they're open to change until they are get tested about it. Mm-hmm. I love that. Uh, and, I, <laughs> and so I was talking about productivity and stuff and he's like, yeah, make videos about it. And I was like, you do? He's like, ah, and he just, he's like, yeah, I fucking love making these videos and it comes across great. And we all want these secrets of success. And the, the, the reality that he showed me is that the blueprint of success is actually pretty much public. Like there's enough content out there that shows blueprints, but the, the work required for the blueprint is what no one wants to do or very few, the 1%. I love how you put that. Noah. actually Itamar and I were chatting about this recently. Um, we were talking about, you know, the average time it takes a person to get a black belt in martial arts, Mm. which is probably right around, you know, 10 years or so at least. And so when I was setting goals this year, what kept coming up for me, you know, I've been an entrepreneur about 13 years. Was that like, thanks man. And in Oh nine, I was selling stuff on Amazon and I did it for like six months and I was like, Oh, this crap isn't for me. It doesn't work. And then in 2011, I had a mentor say to me, I was living in Costa Rica. He was like, Chris, your life is awesome. You live in Costa Rica. You're doing this four-hour work week thing. Start making a a YouTube blog and recording all this stuff. And so I I look back to those two moments thinking, okay, I'm doing okay now. But if I would have stuck with one of those two platforms from 2009, 2011, where would I be? You know, I could be retired. And, and so that's exactly what it is. Like stick to one thing and give it 10 years, give it a decade because that's only like (laughs) one, one eighth or one ninth of your life and just Uh, do it and focus and stay at it. The problem is one of the entrepreneur phrases. So this is the entrepreneur phrase and it it hit me this weekend because someone DM me, this girl DMs me and she's like, I've got three businesses. Which one do you think I should focus on? (laughs) And I was like, well, you're afraid of any of them working. And so that's why you have three and there's just her. And I talked to David, if you don't know David Hauser, davidhauser.com, H-A-U-S-E-R. He's amazing. He found a grasshopper, sold it for 200 million. He's worth 100 million bucks, cash. And I asked him that same question. Cause he's, he's, you know, if you're an entrepreneur, we all think the grass is greener. And it literally never is. Literally never, but I still think it is. I still think my next business idea is gonna be the next big one. <laughs> I'm still fucking <laughs> waiting. You know, it's funny, like true story. When AppSumo got to around four and a half million dollars revenue, in 2014, we gave it to Eamon. He ran it by himself. And we said, just make $100,000 a month and leave us the fuck alone. Don't fuck this up. Don't make more than that, but just don't make less than that. And so for a year and a half, or maybe two years, I think around two years, he just made 120,000 a month so he could pay for all of our salaries in the office. Nice. And then, hold on, that's not even the fin- The finale is that then we went and started the next new fucking things. Sumo.com. Sendfox.com, Halldrop.com, Kingsuma.com. And now, five years later, Eamon stuck with what worked. I love it. <laughs> and it's a, it. almost a $30 million business because of Eamon and because of consistency. And there's something I, I really powerful this. about that. And yeah. so I think there's either, there's two parts. There's no, you know, it's not going to sustain by itself. So it's finding someone who enjoys that part. And I think we're, you know, I talked with Eamon today. We did a, a, a thing called a T3B3. And we do it quarterly where it's, what are the top things I should keep doing? And what are the three things I need to work on? And his strength, he's like, what's my strength that I should double down on? And I, I said, operation. I think he's a phenomenal operator. And why he operates so well is he found pieces that worked, affiliate marketing, email marketing, uh, online advertising, and the deals. 
And now each of those is a team of like five to 10 people. And now content marketing has become a newer one. So that's going to be a team of 10 people. And he's so effective at finding the things that are working. But then you know what his B3 is? Doing new things. But you know whose T3 is that? Mine. Because all I want to do is new stuff. <laughs> and so, because he said that to me. He's like, you love doing new stuff. I was like, yeah, I do. I love the experiments. <laughs> you know, I like, I like the risk in business. And, um, and so I think, it's, it, you know, in a company setting, it's figuring out the hiring of that, which takes a lot of time and, and effort, uh, or the systems of that. Okay. Uh, I have a question for you. If I may, one quick one. Could you keep bringing this up? You say people are afraid of success, but it, a lot of people say, well, she has three businesses. She's afraid of none of them actually working out. She's afraid of failure. So she's mm -hmm. thinking, which one should I diversify my, my investments, blah, 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 blah. Why do you say that you think they're more afraid of success and they're afraid of those things failing? I can only speak to my own experiences with it. It's like you, once you start making money or let's say you start putting out blogs or podcasts in the beginning, no one gives a fuck. You're like, ah, like, you know, ah, Jews or Christians or this race, or I can say whatever I want. Cause no one's paying attention to me. And then eventually you get bigger because you've gotten a little success. And then what does everyone want you to do? Tone it down. They want you to tone it down. Of course they do. But what you did to get there was that. And and then there, there's different, I think there's different, I haven't thought through this fully, but I know for myself, there's, I have a lot of fear of self-sabotage. I think there's a lot of self-sabotage for myself in relationships uh, and in the company, right? Like I'll start my podcast two years ago and I got it to 25,000 downloads an episode, which turned out to be really good, but I thought it wasn't great. So I stopped it. And then I did YouTube and I stopped it. And it's figuring out our patterns and then figuring out where we can change those patterns to sustain and thrive. And so for me, you know, let's just even take this year. It's saying the goal has to really matter. Like Eamon's revenue goal, he's got a revenue goal, the 30 million really matters to him. If we don't hit it, I, I, I don't know. I don't, it doesn't make me more or less money, but with, with my sharing this content and the stuff that I'm, I'm sharing with the Mitchell and some people I'm working with that on, I have to be really be intentional about what's distracting me from success, my own measurement of success, which is honestly just having great conversations and sharing them and experimenting on marketing and removing the things that are really draining around that and having someone in place like Mitchell on the team who is doing all the things like tech and hopefully helping me with that among other stuff that uh, distracts me from my excellence. Because otherwise I, I will eventually probably self-sabotage and say, this is not great enough. And you know, one thing I, I think doesn't get enough credit is not just sustaining, but consistency. Like sometimes I think if you can just sustain, like you win. <laughs> if you can just sustain mm -hmm. for a long enough time, like the, I always think of the guys at Buffer, like they should have totally <laughs> failed. Like who fuck cares to like have a thing where I could post my bullshit stuff to all across the, the web. They should have easily given up and only because they fucking just kept going. They're damn persistent. And I'm so proud of them uh, that now they've built a company. I think it's $22 million ARR. It's pretty fucking cool. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I think the success, it's, it's more individual. I think there's, you know, everyone wants to bring everything to the medium. Uh, a lot of people are jealous. And so they want to talk shit to bring you down. And, and I think for myself, it's just the self-sabotage around. Um, yeah. You know, why do I self-sabotage? I don't know. I probably got to go to a therapist about that. 
<laughs> you, know, you don't, don't want to lose. It's like loss aversion. You don't want to lose what you have. Like you ever notice that you get something and you're like, well, I can't lose this now. And so there's probably some of that, a little bit of that with business. And then you kind of start maybe doing some of the less aggressive things and you tone it down and then that slows it down. And, you know, one of my favorite quotes that my buddy Adam says is that most successful people stop doing the things that got them success. Not most, but many successful people stop doing the things that got them success. And what I've, you know, two things that we did with the, the, the workshop last week. One, I said, hey, have you 10x your business? He's like, yeah, I'm doing everything to 10x it. I'm like, what do you mean you're doing everything? I was like, let's, let's just walk through it. And you guys remember with, I think, Jesse, it was like in two minutes, we, I was like, you're not doubling down on your ads. You're not doubling down on your, this, you're not, or your content marketing. You're not doubling down on your Shopify ads. And so he could definitely could have done a lot more of that success. Okay. We've got some uh, audience questions. Okay. How long are we going to? 9.30? As long as you want, Noah. 9.30, then I'm out. Okay. we got to do some Facebook live chat too. So let's bring this guy in. Robin's got a quick question for him. He's coming in. And then we'll do uh, bounce on Facebook live and uh, answer some questions there. What is up, all the commenters? I love you guys. Annie, Michael, Greg. We're bringing someone on. Robin. Oh, you're awesome. You sent me those notes. Yeah, we we tried to bring Robin on he's the in. on the call, but he said he had to hop off. But he had a question. He's here, Freddie. Is... He's here, Freddie. Oh, he's here. Oh, there he is. Oh, Robin, right. we can't can hear I... you, man. One thing I just want to highlight for the listeners or the watchers: Robin is in the one percent, and I don't know if Robin, you know that. I'll tell you two things. Robin is in the one percent because he took notes on this workshop we did with the Dynamite Circle last week, and and sent them to Freddie and sent it to me. Robin is putting in that little bit more. Everyone else is putting the same, but expecting more. And so Robin will get what he wants. And I'd say the other side of that, you know, that I would say to Robin, but I've also been saying, not cheaply, but I think I've been saying more of is that thank you. And I'm proud of it. Proud of you. It's, it's like, I'm like, and people are resonating with that. And I, and I it's, it's genuine, but I'm proud of you, man. That was fucking dope. I love seeing that, that stuff. And so... Everyone puts in nothing, expects everything. And so all you have to do to be in the 1% is just do 1% more. Well put. Thank you Robin. again, Robin. What's your question, man? So uh, my question, basically, uh, Noah, you, you, Noah, you wrote on your blog uh, that um, Andrew Chen came to Silicon Valley to build a network because you're the average of the five people you surround yourself the most with. What advice do you have for entrepreneurs that are not in the U.S., for example, or not close to Silicon Valley? Um, to build a network and to surround yourself with other successful entrepreneurs. If let's just do an experiment. If you could go work for anyone tomorrow, who would you go work for or work with? I don't like working for someone. Yeah, I wouldn't work for someone as well. So no, but if you yeah. could go learn from some I mean, people, I who would you try. want to learn from? Somebody that um, runs the same type of business I want to start, I would probably send an email, ask them to, if I can do some, if I can sell something to them, I would try to start a business. And pull it back, and, pull it back. Yeah. Okay. So number one, all right. So there, in terms of building a network, I'll tell you what, what's worked for me and what I've observed is very effective. So Andrew Chen, I met him at a barbecue when I was a Microsoft intern in 2003, and he has gone on to become a general partner making millions of dollars at Andreessen Horowitz, the top, one of the top VC firms, from just being like a regular person. He's exceptionally smart, don't get me wrong. And I love Andrew Chen. If you guys don't follow his stuff for, for viral marketing and networking and 
uh, not networking, but like networks. He's very, he's phenomenal. He's the only advisor in, in, in Sumo Group, our company. And so the things I've observed in terms of building a network, uh, number one, geogra geography matters. And so if you want to be around the smartest people in the world, you'd probably go to SF. If you want to be around the best finance in the world, you go to New York. If you want to be around the best bread in the world, I'd probably go to France. You know, like wherever it is that's the best in that. You know, I thought about this a week ago. My biggest growth professionally was when I worked at Facebook. And I only worked there nine months until they fired me because I wasn't great enough. I was only there nine months. But think about how much I grew just because I was around all these fucking insanely smart people. The best in the world. The best. Literally the best. And there's something to be said for that geographically. So if you're not geographically or maybe you're limited, which is, is totally doable. My next question would be, you didn't have anyone that you said. I didn't have anyone that you didn't you didn't have anyone that you said you'd want to go learn from yeah that's true i mean right now my goal is to join communities like dynamite circle and pick everything from there but uh, i don't have a special person i want to go there i just think that opportunities usually arise like naturally i don't usually go look for them i just i'm in a place and they they come to me but let me ask yeah. you, this is really interesting, and I'm glad that you're coming on to share this and you're open with us about it. Why did you write those notes about our conversation? Why? Yeah. Uh, because I felt I wanted to give back to the community after having this free content and value. I wanted to just give back. I felt I had like a duty to, to give back. What's interesting about building businesses, I think there's two, there's two approaches that people kind of neglect. So number one is that when people talk about building business, one of my favorite things is kind of what Freddie did last week was that, what's the scale? What's the scale? How big is this really going to be? And I'm like, well, how many customers do you have? They're like, one. I'm like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> so the two things in starting business I think more people can do better of is just go one by one. And I think some people jump so far ahead of that expectation that I'm just like, just like even with making content, like let's not say you want to start a business. Start, go to sendfox.com. It's free. It's one of the things I, we built for me because I was annoyed with all, paying all these other people. Just start a weekly newsletter. And once a week, digest some content, like maybe Chris's show, and just send out the notes and build up your audience one by one. So, or customer base. Uh, and another approach is working for free. And so the way that you can do that is what you just did with your notes. You can email. So when you email those notes, I like where, you know, I read every single thing you said. Think about that. So why is that? Because you did something that was unique for me and valuable for me. There's this other girl, the one who had the three businesses. Now we're like friends and I'm, I'm like helping her out. And I'm not flirting with her. I know you guys are thinking, oh, you're flirting with her. I'm not flirting with her. But she emails me every day a new Instagram image. I can get my phone in a second and I'll show it to you. But she's like, oh, I love this video you did from 2013. And I used Final Cut Pro and I made a cool like little video that you can share somewhere. And I, I was like, are you hitting on me? Like, why are you doing this? Like, what do you want here? Because I will not sleep with you. Like, I'm not available for you. She's like, I just think you're, you're, what you're doing is amazing. And I, I really appreciate it. And this is my way of saying thank you. And Maybe that's what's, Huh? Maybe that's flirting. I don't know, dude. I don't know. I'm almost 40, dog. I'm like, I just don't get... I'm like, I, the amount of fucks I have to do, like, you know, I got on this Tinder thing recently. I'm like, my friend's like, no, dude, you got to say this really mean thing about her. And I was just like, I... Can't do this right now. And, but I am looking for a Jewish person, Itamar. Not you, but <laughs> your people, our people. So anyways, though, uh, Robin, I think what's interesting, I'll tell you what I, I don't have a name for it, but if you have a good name for it, we can come up with it. So let, let, I would recommend, do you mind if I recommend two things for you to do? No, that's fine. 
That's fine, or it's, you want it? Because you don't yeah, have I to, want, and that's okay too. I want okay. it. So I love this free approach. So I don't have a name for it besides free. Let's go with that. But I have hired and paid now six-figure people, not six people, but six figures in money to people who hit me up for free. And let me be clear how to hit up someone for free so that they want to pay you six figures. You don't hit them up and say, hey, is there anything I could do for you? That is the number one fuck up. I delete that shit right away. I'm not better than anyone. And I, was, I told this last week, I think, or a few weeks ago. My favorite thing is when I meet people and they're like, Noah, you're not much better than me. And that's inspiring. And I was like, yeah, that, that's about right. I think I'm maybe a little funnier, maybe occasionally more aggressive, less hair. But that's it. I think people are like, wow, he's pretty similar to me. And I'm like, yeah, I am. I don't think I'm better than anyone. I think I've just done the things I've been interested in and it's worked out well for me. So the free approach, I'll just tell you some stories because I think it's inspiring and it'll give you some ideas. Brandon, I was at the Arnold Bodybuilding Classic in Ohio, Columbus, Ohio, number one city in America. And I'm at Columbus, I'm, I'm walking around this kid, kid was like, hey, aren't you Noah Kagan? I was like, wow, no one ever notices me. That's cool. Not no one, but like, you know, I'm out and this guy's like, you're Noah Kagan? I was like, yeah. He's like, yeah, man, I like, I think I heard about you somewhere, whatever. That's cool. I was like, cool. What are you up to? He's like, yeah, nothing. And I was like, cool. He's like, you know, I'm a photographer um, back in Austin. If you ever want me to take headshots for you, it'd be cool for your LinkedIn profile. I was like, yeah. He's like, yeah, I'll do it for free. No problem. Comes two weeks later, comes to the office, takes photos of everyone in the company's headshots. Send it to us. Everyone in the company updates their headshots. And I was like, oh, this is awesome. He's like, hey, you know, I, I see you do a podcast. Like, do you ever, do you ever, why don't you put it on video? Like, let's do a video. I'll help you out. Does a video free. I was like, the video was fucking dope. Looked great. Now, you know, and a lot of people are like, I have no skills. Everyone's got some skill. And also skills take time to learn. And so then I was like, yo, this video's dope. How about I pay you a few thousand bucks a month to do it for me? He's like, okay, fine. So then he did videos for me for a year. I was going to do a bad joke where like, then we fired him, but I don't, I don't like jokes. <laughs> And so then he did that for a year. And then I was like, yo, I fucking hate making YouTube videos. Like it's, I didn't like the way it was working then. It, it didn't, it wasn't, I wasn't looking forward to it. And I think that's a really important thing with work. But point being, then AppSumo hired him full time and he doubled his salary even more. I don't want to talk about how much money he makes. I was like, just because he said he would take my headshot. Another one is Mitchell. So Mitchell is now the executive producer of okdork.com and he helps do everything. Mitchell emailed me. I was putting on a sumo bike. It's called sumoride.com. It's our charity ride we do once a year. It's basically a margarita taco party that has a bike ride. And Mitchell emailed me and said, hey, I want to volunteer at one of the rest stops. And I was like, yeah, sure. Go to the, you can go to the rest stop and do whatever. And then he emailed me and he's like, hey, do you want to pick up any tacos or pick up anything? And I was like, yeah, sure. Pick up some stuff. He did it. Awesome. And then the next, he saw the next one was coming up. He said, hey, I can actually help out more. Do you want me to do more stuff for you? I can do this and this. And I was like, sure. So he did that. He did great. And then I was like, Mitchell, you know, I have, I'm working on some of this stuff. You want to come help? He's like, sure. And so I was like, oh, I'll pay a few thousand bucks a month to help. He's like, okay. So he did that October, November, December of 2019. And January, he went full time, makes good fucking money. And that's because he offered to be a volunteer at a rest stop. And what I have noticed about the people I'm most excited to hire is that they are doing 1% more. So either it doesn't have to be free. And I think people sometimes hear and be like, I'm not doing this for free. I'm like, well, guess what? Stay unemployed. You know, if you want to do nothing, you're going to get nothing. Like as another example of that on, uh, in, from a getting a job side, I have a friend, Daniel, who's been staying at the house a little bit and he's applying for a job and he spent all weekend working on his application. He made a PowerPoint, he made a, uh, a one pager and he did an Excel model for an application. No one fucking does that. 
and I'm, you know, even if it doesn't get the job, a lot of times when I do, when I do something like that, or when someone else doesn't like that, you want to guarantee you get the job. And he he's doing every single thing he can to guarantee to get that job. So that's number one is that do for free. Like those notes you did go find. So number one and number two are connected for you. Number two, make a list instead of being so lackadaisical. And I don't mean that insultingly be intentional. These are five people that seem like they have lives that I want to kind of like learn from and see if their lives actually suck or they're actually interesting, or maybe it's not and figure out, put in the work to see what you can do to help them so that they will be excited to help you. So I am helping Mitchell. Mitchell's learning how to start businesses and stuff because he was willing to volunteer at a rest stop. And I think there's a lot of that out there. Uh, but as an example, so for people come on the No Kagan Presents show, the podcast, Mitchell will spend, no joke, an hour writing one email. Like he walked me through it. I was like, you spend an hour? I write an email like, hey man, I'm, you know, I'm famous, come fucking on the show. And they don't respond to me. And I'm serious. And Mitchell is an hour. No one puts in the hour. Everyone does what I do. That's why I don't do it because I'm not fucking great at it. And so I'd say, number one, make a list of the five people. And you know what's crazy about people? Everyone is on YouTube. Everyone is on Twitter. You can actually learn more from that than them, themselves, because their information is out there. Like, I want to learn more about Peter Thiel. So I just went to YouTube and I fucking searched Peter Thiel. There's unlimited information about this guy. And so I think we can learn more than we think, but we think we need to be around it. Uh, second thing though, is just make a list. Maybe don't, you know, Jack Dorsey or Zuckerberg, it's going to be a little bit harder. Maybe put some of the smaller people are more accessible. I, you know, I think the same as marketing or doing sponsorships, like start with kindling and maybe move up a little bit and then think about what you can do that bring value to them. The only other thing, and I'll, and I'll end it with that around meeting people in groups is there is something to be said to be around impressive people because an impressive person holds you to a higher standard then you would hold yourself. Yeah. And if you can work for that or be around that, you will elevate your game. Like I'm working, I, we hired this guy, uh, again, he came and he, he came and he was like, Hey, your Instagram sucks. I'm going to do it for free. And then once I prove to you how fucking dope it is, you're going to pay me a lot of money. I was like, all right, bro. My Instagram shit. It's like, I'm like looking at it. I'm like, yo, this is really interesting. I'm like, I wonder who's saying this. <laughs> Um, it's obvious it's it's the things that that we, my team and us discuss but it's like he's owning it i'm like this is fucking strong and the same thing let me give you one last example one last thing so ali abdal ali abdal has you know one of the reasons i do a show is because i get to fucking meet the people i want to learn from think about that and so i called up ali abdal who's fucking dope and you guys should all check him out on youtube and i said hey how do you make your episodes because they're like his episodes are so simple but they're so entertaining and they're so uh, engaging. Like you watch the whole thing. And I got, I called him on the phone and I, for on Saturday, we talked for two and a half hours and he told me everything. And I'm going to do my best then to promote all of his stuff. Cause I think it's amazing, but it's also at the same time. Now it's helping me impress myself to a, a higher standard. So I would say either, I would say try to figure out somehow be around it, work around it in any way. Cause you know, I was at Facebook fuck dude it's like you know the people i was a high school quarterback <laughs> i was like i was a facebook 15 years ago and <laughs> i still probably got some of the most biggest professional growth being around i mean zuckerberg dustin moskovitz uh charlie cheever adam d'angelo like these fucking sean parker i mean these guys are fucking next level mm -hmm. right yeah i, I okay I one quick, yeah all right we got let's a, go we to yeah yeah oh, we've got I'll a bunch of questions no, on uh, facebook live <laughs> Robin, thanks for coming in. We're going to bounce you out, man. Hope you uh, had a good sesh. Let's see. Freddie, any questions stand out on Facebook Live for you? 
What oh yeah, I see it? one. What is it? I see this J Gerardo Zoss is like I see that all you guys are using the internet. Um, can I get rich? Oh, that's my boy from Mexico, man. Yeah, dude, that's oh. dope. Basically, here's my favorite thing. My favorite, one of my top five favorite things in business is when someone gets rich in weird ways. If you guys see weird rich stories, I love reading them. One of my favorite ones, I went to this place in New York, super rich. I was like, how'd they get rich? Selling lights. Lights. And, I, you know, I think the point there is that reading a blog post is much different than running the business. Much fucking different. And if everyone, every people is doing one thing, maybe you should go the other way. I think there's something really interesting about that. So if you don't have, you can get rich non-internet. I think what, what people miss about the internet, the number one mistake I see is they think the internet will solve the, the fundamental problem. The internet just scales your time. That is what the internet does at the end of the day. It scales the time that you can reach a larger audience and have the business run while you sleep. That's the difference. But I love it. If you can figure out offline stuff, there's so many offline businesses. Like number one offline business I would start now is board games. Number two, I would go and try to buy and sell different things that people need. Go find what any of your friends need locally and figure out, get their fucking money and then figure out how to get it for them. We've got a good question here from Ariel did, or Ari Son. Did you see that one, Noah? Mm. I have a tech startup with a big fish client based in Israel and the funnel been working on finalizing the contract for four months now, but Corona has put the project on hold. Should I pursue small clients locally in my area, New Jersey, New York, to stay busy while rel relatively uh, uh, negligible income or wait around and try to hit a home run in Israel? Shalom, Haver. It's good to hear from you. One thing I just will, one thing we got to do is an intervention. So we have us four here. We're doing an intervention because you are in fucking denial. Oh, this big fish. I hate the excuse. Coronavirus did this to my business. If you were more valuable, the customer would pay for you. Fact. So should you do something else? Yes. That's it. Or you need to find for that customer something more valuable for them that to be excited to pay you. Everyone has money. It's just how important are you? So face reality, which sucks. It's hard. It's, it's hard. It's hard at times. It's hard to get fired by Facebook and lose everything. It's hard that I got fired. I think I quit mint and had to start over, but it's also an opportunity to find something new, which, you know, I love that part. But the point is, is that if you have this customer, maybe you can help them something that they will pay for. And if you could provide it to small customers and they're excited to pay you, I would take it, especially right now. I don't know how long. I think the one thing to think about in business is what are you certain of? Not what are you uncertain of? And make a list of all the certainties and then execute against that. I may add something to that just a yeah, little bit. So I think it's also about recognizing the situation. It's like you're still trying to sell them how you were pre-corona, but right now you have to lead them because they're in a yes. shit situation as well. And it goes to what you were saying about that 1% more. So don't try to sell them and try to explain how you're going to lead them through this crisis. Step into that leadership role, not just a salesman. Like that's going to make the difference. Hell do you yeah! See, do you see Ari's reply here? He does cemetery digit uh, <laughs> digitization. It's essentially Google Maps for cemeteries plus more. Dope. Interesting, man. Okay. You know, I, I think one thing that I, I just inspires me so much about this whole time is the creativity. And I think some people have sat on the sidelines saying, mm -hmm. "I'm going to wait for the government to approve me to go outside." Guess what? To be an entrepreneur is no permission. If you needed permission, you should not be an entrepreneur. Like being an entrepreneur saying it's I'm unsatisfied with something and I'm going to do something about it, period. And I love what Itamar was saying, which is the creativity comes through li limitation. Like one of my favorite phrases is like innovation comes through limitation. And so the fact that you, this customer didn't want your digital cemetery, which is pretty cool. That's different. I don't, I mean, that's different. 
you know, what do they want? Everyone is spending money. You just have to figure out what's important enough that they want to give it to you. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. I'm rooting for you. I hope sometimes it comes across harsh. I'm, I'm rooting for Ari. I want everyone to be successful. I want everyone to do the work they love and go after that. People I think to get roasted. <laughs> so yeah, I like, <laughs> I like I could do roast jokes too. The one thing I was going to say to you as well, Freddie, I was going to do a roast joke, but no. If someone insults you, say fuck you, man. Next time someone tries to make fun of you, I think it's like you're maybe allowing. This is not a therapy thing, but I just sometimes people jab at me. I'm like fuck you, man. Or like tell them it. Like say hey, I don't appreciate you saying that shit, and they'll be like, oh, I didn't realize it bothered. You. I'm like yeah, it fucking bothers me. That's a powerful way to say it. Hey, I don't appreciate you saying it like that. That you know, fuck you, man, can bring up defense systems, <laughs> right? Chris, we're always, but if you we're always working on this, I, I have like an email written, like I'm really sick of your shit, Jimmy. Da 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 da. He like he like makes the email like all nice and, like, and I'm like, he's so good at that. Let's like, word this powerfully. Let's make it hit their emotions there. Like give them a, a knife to the gut. Okay, I've actually found that brings out really great relationships. No joke. Mm-hmm. I had this friend Edmund, and. He always calls me, my business is failing, Noah. What am I going to do today? And then, I, and then the next week, he's like, dude, we have 10 different new stores open. And he called me one time. I was like, dude, I don't care about your business. I don't care about your problems. Like, just, just fucking, like, don't hit me up about it. And it's kind of, like, awkward. And then it helped us evolve, and now we even have a greater relationship. It shows that you can go to depth. You can be true about it. That's the beauty of it. Like, you don't want to be friends with people who like, oh, that's nice. But if someone's like, no, shut the fuck up. Like, okay, he's the person that can actually tell me that. That's nice to have. Dude, you're so true. real stuff. Three weeks ago, I got feedback from Mitchell because I think feedback is one of the most powerful ways you can improve. So having a coach like Chris or just anyone that you've worked with or anyone that's impressive to you and just say, hey, you know, what are three things you think I can improve on? And so I gave Mitchell his feedback. And then like three hours later, I said, Mitchell, can I have some feedback? Like I'm I'm not a fucking above improving. And he sent me the feedback. And it really hurt hurt my feelings. (laughs) I was like, man, this is fucking true. I don't like it. Why don't you just say how great I am? Go thumbs up on my YouTube videos. <laughs> and but then like you know like a, you know a minute later I was like fuck this is how I'm gonna get better. And that's cool. I can live a more interesting life. I can do more interesting things. And it was, my, it was like for, I'm not focused sometimes as much as I could be. Sometimes I'm extremely focused. And sometimes I'm on like a chat like this, but I'll have my like phone out and I'll have a fucking thing out and I'll have like Freddie whatever fucking site he's on out. Uh, and I'm in it. Like if I'm gonna come here, I'm gonna be in it for this hour or hour and a half. No, you see any other questions on there you want to chat about? I got four minutes. Here's what I'm doing. I'm just going to do hard stuff because one thing is I love the engagement and I love the sharing and it's hard for me. I don't know if it's a level of acceptance or I want everyone to get the uh-huh. results. Uh, but so I'm going to do hard stuff at 930 because I think we also have to take care of ourselves, man. Everyone should get a good hey, night's hey. sleep. And a jacuzzi, right? Oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I am going to hit the jacuzzi for a little bit. That's like, you know, all I need in life is a jacuzzi and a toilet <laughs> and, and, and good, and good Wi-Fi. Like literally... I don't need, I just want my house to be an entire jacuzzi. <laughs> I hear you. Uh, so my, my spirit animal, what's, what's your guys' spirit animal? My spirit animal is a rhino mixed with a, a chipmunk. Fair play. What's your guys' uh, spirit animals? Um, I'm, I think I'm a mix between a lion and a monkey, definitely. Ooh. Dolphin. There's, there's no denial of it. A what's yours? A dolphin for sure. I, it's not, I, didn't, I didn't even pick it, man. It was picked for me, you know. Like, Can you do dolphin noises, Freddie? <laughs> I don't know. What fucking sounds dolphins make? Noah, how about doing rapid fire on the questions? Just go Fuck yeah, that. dude. Oh, uh, so Sam was asking. I was actually responding. He said, how did Noah find his coaches and does he coach anyone? So I don't 
coach anyone, but I think one of the things that I've been doing that, that, that I found interesting is that whenever someone wants to do a one on, so I do two things. One, I do office hours, okdork.com slash group, and I'll do free office hours every Thursday. And I found it very rewarding. I don't charge. It's not a membership. There ain't shit. I just like go on. If there's four people, I do it. If there's 15, if there's one, I'll still do it. And I've been doing that every Thursday for the past month and I love it. And that's, if you want to come hang out, that's the way to hang out. The second thing for coaching, uh, I try to document whenever I'm coaching someone because most of the times I can just share that. Like if you go to my YouTube lately, it's just me like talking to friends or talking to people I work with or talking to people that wanted to meet, recording it and sharing it. And it's, it's kind of, uh, it, it, it provides longevity uh, to these questions. And then in terms of finding coaches, that's a really longer, dis it's actually a much longer discussion. But I think the, the two biggest things with coaches that I'd recommend is try at least two for anything you wanna learn. Because I, for Hebrew or chess or all these things, I've always found that at least the second to third coach has been better. And it, you, a lot of times I think because of school, whatever teacher you get is the one you have. So we're, we normally are just used to that. And I think you have to say, no, I'm gonna try two, no matter what, try two. And the other thing that I think with coaching is that you are responsible for the learning. You are, Sam. Looking at you, buddy. And what that means is that, oh, shit. Uh, what that means is you are responsible for working with the coach to make it effective for yourself, not them. Their job is to be as effective as possible. And your job is to, like the, the, coach, the chess coach, Andrew, uh, or let me give a better example, my Hebrew teacher, uh, my Hebrew coach, teacher, whatever it is. We, we were doing this shit and I was like not wanting to come to class and I was zoning out and I was like, all right, can we end this early? And I was on Slack. And it was because we just lacked structure. And so I told her, um, what, two months ago, I was like, yo, I need structure back in the class because I, we, did, we did structure and I, I hated it. Then we went to no structure and I hated it. And now we're back to structure. All right. So those are my two things with, with coaches. I hope that's, that should be pretty helpful with that. Uh, the site that I mentioned on Mixergy where you want to buy an app, you can buy apps on Flippa and a bunch of other sites. Uh, last words on getting away from asking permission. Yeah. Just think of the phrase big dicking. That's it. And so big digging is not about having a big dick, but big digging is like living like there's nothing to fear. And I really think about that phrase a lot. And I say it a lot because it's like, all right, am I, is this big dicking? Like, for example, I was going to post something on Twitter. What are they going to say? I start doing this thing. And then I, I message to a buddy, to Mitchell, who I work I'm like, yo, can I say this? And I'm like, that's not big dicking. That's approval. Or like a girl, like if you're dating and you're like, oh, I shouldn't say this to her. That is the thing to say. That's big dicking is when you're living life without the fear. And it's fucking hard, dude. I'm not great at it. That's why I'm trying to live a big dick in life. Uh, you should start the big dick movement. I, I am starting the big dicking. Go to bigdicking.com. I got the fucking site. I'm going to have some t-shirts. I love the initials. I'll start a BDM. As it is BD. Funny. I don't know what this girl's offline question was, but she says there's an offline. I'll stay for hers, but then that's it. I'm, I can't see any of the other questions. Uh, what's, your, what's your tips for building more discipline? Yeah, start small. Start small every fucking day. And do it every totally. day. And don't, yeah, don't negotiate with yourself. So yeah. the smallest thing you could do, make your fucking bed every day. Number two, brush your teeth every morning every day. And start with that. Do that for a week and then add one new thing. I think a lot of us, we try to add all of it at once. And then it doesn't work. And then we give up. And I think it was great how you were adding how to just look at where you were a year ago versus now. Because mm. one thing I, I struggle with, uh, I just want to kind of mention first, like you go day to day, it, especially when you have this crazy network, like the one we have where everyone's just doing big things, et cetera. And I, I think it's great, but it can be sometimes a little bit overwhelming. Like you're, you're starting a business and you see these like huge, you, you don't know where to start. It's just like, do just one little thing. And I worked on this with Chris. I'm like, Chris, we've made no improvement compared to like three years. It's like, hold on a second. Let's pull up the spreadsheet. And it's like, 
whoa, that's who I was three. Cause you don't notice these little day-to-day changes. It's, it's all about the systems, all about the routines. And it's all about just doing that one little thing and don't bug out about this person or whatever it is. That's, that's just like so much like they, they were there too at some point, you know, like, like your friend said, he's like, Oh, what'd you do YouTube? It's like, well, I did two videos. Uh, like I see some of the best YouTubers in my niche. I'm not going to think they're not even that interesting or that funny or that whatever. It's just clear that they got to hundreds of thousands of subscribers and whatever. Just they, they stuck to it. You know, they, they, it's not about being the best. It's about just, I know. Oh my God. It sounds so cliche, but it really is about uh, showing up. So I thought that was a great point. Let's get Noah to his jacuzzi guys. I fucking love you guys. I'm rooting for every <laughs> single one of you. It's uh, I'm here to help. I'm here to help if I can inspire, if I can give you my recipes, whatever it is. So you just make me laugh, man. I like you. I, you know, it, it's got to be infotainment. It's got to be yeah, infotainment. Yeah. It's much fun, Dude, more I, fun I to learn the, if you're the, if you're the, smiling and having fun. The variety shows. You, you oh, do we're doing the variety show this yeah. week. So <laughs> that's another perfect example. I was doing these variety yeah. shows. Don't make any fucking money. It doesn't. It's not, I just love doing them, and I was getting burnt out because I was spending like a full day of my life trying to recruit these people and i was like this is a fucking not great use of my time so i found someone who was already doing it for his show and i said hey can i pay you 150 to come do it for this show so we're trying them out this week but it's like you know removing some of the obstacles that you know Eamon calls it blocking and tackling and i think that's it's the way to success in this stuff but anyways okdork.com slash group on facebook if you guys are already there you can you can join me uh and then there's a bunch you can find me over just fucking search my name what's your youtube channel no youtube.com slash okay dork check that out and then go to appsumo.com for amazing deals to grow your business and then i'd say the last thing is sendfox.com slash noah uh it's my weekly newsletter on marketing tips and you can see i think honestly if especially if you're starting out and you want to get ideas for how to do marketing experimenting a lot and trying a lot of things i think you can just watch what i do and then copy it and then improve it and then teach me what you do sounds good man noah thanks for coming on we really thank appreciate you chris thank it, you for having me yeah. thank you guys it's been for a having pleasure me. it's been a pleasure yeah. thank it's you. awesome Okay, guys, that's a wrap. Any final thoughts? About it. I think as far as the discipline, like my perspective on as the somebody asked as a former military person has had no one on the call thought he had more that's valuable things to say. <laughs> you know, you know, the thing is, like, first you got to just decide. Yeah. Like, it all comes from a decision that, you know what, I'm going to become more disciplined. Before you start and try and apply tactics or whatever, you have to make a decision. It's not that you do it once a year and then it just lingers. You have to daily on a conscious basis every morning decide I'm going to be very disciplined about how I go about my life. From there. What were you, what were you guys' biggest takeaways from Noah's chat? Do more. You have to do more. You have to be like what it said about Robin. I was like, fuck, why didn't I do that? I should have done that. That's what I was thinking. I was like, you have to do more. It's like if you want better outcomes, you have to put better output out there. That's a good point. Freddie, what about you? Yeah, just the same thing. You know, I, I think a lot of people are giving up too early or what I've noticed is, you know, a lot of this Corona crisis has given people a, a, almost like an excuse to fail in, in all different aspects. And I feel like, you know, a lot of us have kind of succumbed to it. And, and Noah's the guy who's just going to come and be like, you know, I'm not even selling anything. I already made millions of dollars. I fucking love you. Like stick to it. You know, no, no excuses. Just, just keep at it. And, and, and yeah, I, I think, you know, the, one of the biggest takeaways is it's not, it's not about, it's not about being perfect. And I get, I get so caught up in this too, which is funny because I criticize my brother for this. It's, it's not about, we could, one of our favorite procrastination techniques is waiting to do things perfect, right? So we see that competitor, oh, they, they have so many uh, perfect videos and 
perfect uh, everything, et cetera. And then because we can't get it to that level, then we get stuck and we don't do it at all. And so it's just that, that like Itamar said, you know, first you make a decision and then you just stick to one little thing, one article a week, one video a week, you know, I'm going to just keep showing up and keep showing up and keep showing up. And I think it's so much like, you know, I know you two are really into jujitsu, working out, business, anything in life. I think, I think showing up and sticking to it is more important than all the other stuff uh, combined. So I think that was one of my biggest takeaways. Solid, solid. Uh, mine was do what you love, do what gives you energy, do what excites you, do what you love over and over and over again, a lesson we can always learn more on. Okay, guys, any final thoughts before we wrap up? Who dares wins. I think that sums up what everything I know is saying. Who dares wins. I was quoting you this weekend in our survival trip. I thought, who dares (laughs) wins? Who dares wins? All right, we're going to wrap up there, you guys. Facebook Live, thank you for tuning in. It's been a pleasure. We're going to get this up on a podcast so you guys can listen to it over and over and over and over and over again. But it'll be about 10 days before that comes out. So, Freddie, thanks for setting this up, bro. Appreciate it. Yeah. Love you, man. No worries. It's been tons of fun, and uh, hopefully we can do this again sometime soon. <laughs> I, yes. I think we will. Noah's, Noah loves it. He'll, he'll be back. Yeah, let's get like, let's get it, let's get a mat and let's just like build this up and get like a thousand people ready and then pop them in here and then. Yeah, next, next time we'll, uh, we'll, we'll try to go bigger. We will go bigger. Go big, go big. Right. (laughs) All right. uh, Facebook live, we're signing off. I'm turning you guys off. Thanks for chiming in. Hey listeners, thanks for joining us once again. We wanted to remind you about our high performance productivity coaching and our five, six, seven, and eight figure private masterminds. These are all designed for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs to help you scale rapidly and grow. Check out all the details at thebusinessmethod.com. That's thebusinessmethod.com. And we'll see you all on the next episode.